What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, sit with them, study them, and, and hopefully respond to them in such a way that is helpful for you in your walk toward eternity and your walk toward becoming the saint that God desires you to be. You hit me up with your questions at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com. Please rate us and review us on iTunes. And that helps other people find out about the show. If the show is helpful for you, it might be helpful for other people as well. So today's show, we have some pretty good topics. We're going to talk about what do I do whenever I'm struggling with this ongoing addiction, an ongoing addiction? Like, how do I, how do I live as a disciple? Also, how can I properly examine my conscience before going to the sacrament of penance, before being reconciled with God? What's a good way to, to prepare my heart for that beautiful sacrament? And finally, we're going to talk about the big, big bang. I'm about to do my thing. Yeah, we're going to talk about evolution, right? Evolution, the big bang, Adam and Eve, and where is that? Big Bang Theory, Evolution Theory, Adam and Eve, how is it all compatible as Catholics? Where does it fall into place? Right. So it's going to be fun. We're going to talk about these topics. I might get a little bit excited because some of these topics I really care about. So that's our show for today. But before we get jumping into those topics, I want to share with you a glory story. So my glory story this week comes from uh, an insight that I learned at this conference I went to this past week. Anyway, the speaker was a very good speaker at this conference. And at one point he was talking about the Catholic tradition of having bride uh, groomsmen for the bridegroom and maid of honors and bridesmaids for the, the bride and, and like where the group idea like came from. And he said that in the old days in the Catholic church, uh, the groomsmen would accompany the bridegroom to the sacrament of penance the day before the wedding. And after they went to confession together to the priest, the groomsmen would surround the groom to protect him from the near occasion of sin, from doing anything that would place him in a state of sin because they wanted to make sure that he was in a state of grace before he received the sacrament of marriage. Whoa, whoa, mind blown, mind blown. I mean, we look at groomsmen today and they go out and they get drunk with the dude before and they, they take him to inappropriate clubs and do, and this isn't everybody. I've been to some right, bridal parties and you know wedding parties where it's been really awesome and they have prayed together and they have done holy hours and done these like fun things in nature. But every now and then, right, the groomsmen now think, oh man, we got to go out and commit all these sins. What are you doing? What are you doing? You're, you're letting this dude and this woman enter into their sacrament in a state of sin? What about all that grace? Anyways, I think that groomsmen and the bridal party for the bride, the, what are they called? Maid of honors? No, bridesmaids. Bridesmaids. Oh, yeah, bridesmaids. Uh, I think they should do that today. They should start making that practice happen again. Go to confession the day before and then help them to avoid the near occasion of sin so that on the day that they receive that sacrament, they could be in a state of grace. Uh, because it's all about that grace, about that grace. No devil. All right, so, oh, one more glory story too. 2.0, you know me, I always 
Got more than one thing to talk about. So Other Glory Story is my Full of Grace Cafe opened up this weekend. Y'all, I'm so excited. So my Full of Grace Cafe is our outreach center to the poorest. The full name is Full of Grace Cafe, Quenching God's Thirst for Charity and Justice. And it's put on by my parishioners at Our Lady of the Holy Rosary Catholic Church in Santa Maria, Louisiana, in Diocese of Baton Rouge. And it is a coffee shop and a cafe for free. We have a counseling center where we're collaborating with Catholic Charities and Women's and Life Center in St. Vincent de Paul and private counselors. We have a, a fertility care clinic called Our Ladies Fertility Care where we're going to do crate and fertility care stuff and eventually have an ultrasound machine in there. We have a food pantry, a dining room. We're going to have after school tutoring. Some HR people are going to come and do job resumes with individuals. We have a barbershop and salon in the cafe, a diaper bank, a kitchen to cook breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the dining room for the poor and the lonely in our community and the elderly. Uh, we have a, a laundry room and a blessing bag room. We have a pool table, hangout area with the Bible study room, alpha room, dialogue on race, Louisiana, and they Rams the finish your peace stuff that can happen there. And then we have a convent. Uh, for the day that we get some nuns here. And so that opened up. The bishop came and blessed it. It was so cool. But one of the things I was most excited about was all the beautiful artwork. There's beautiful artwork all over the church and in the cafe of these beautiful saints that Tracy Atkinson did from Portraits of Saints. Check out her work. It's really, really beautiful. But I also have artwork in there from Kim Lopez and from Norman Fauche, who are some of our local artists. And their artwork is just so beautiful. It's of the saints and of the sacred heart of Jesus and Mary and stuff like that. And he just, at least for me and my walk with Jesus, he quite often has filled me up through beauty and art, um, sacred art that has just filled my soul with joy. And then I go out and serve joyfully. So shout out to everyone who's helped out with the cafe to bring it to life. It is finally here, up and running. And uh, yeah, God is good. That's my glory stories. All right, so I got some follow-up before we go into today's topic, some follow-up from previous episodes that I want to share with you. The first one comes from Catherine. It's Catherine here. I'm catching up on the podcast and just listened to the episode from October the 16th when you talked on the question from a tired sister in Christ on her alcoholic husband. Long story short, my husband is an alcoholic. He went through treatment recently, and it saved his life and our marriage Praise Jesus Christ. I'm so excited for you, Catherine. Treatment is so good, right? Uh, I highly, highly, highly um, second everything you said on the topic, specifically on treatment. There's an amazing center in Rayville, Louisiana called Palmetto Addiction Recovery Center. So if you have someone in your family who is an alcoholic, apparently there's a great center called Palmetto Addiction Recovery Center. This place has it going on. They know the drill. Both my husband and my aunt went through their program and are each doing so incredible in their recovery. That is awesome to hear. With all this said, if you ever encounter anyone going through something even remotely similar, please know they can reach out to me for support. That is very generous of you, Catherine. I will happily take a phone call at all hours of the day or night. We have a seven-month-old. So what is sleep anyway? I'm having a support system not only of family and friends, but specifically women who also live with an addict, has saved me countless times. Yeah, community is everything, everything. So I pray God can use me to help other women in their walk. Keep doing you. And then she sent me like the pound emoji thing. Yeah, so I'm going to pound you in the air right now, Catherine. Also, P.S., your episode on abiding together rocked. Loved the takeaway of using Lexio Divina in conversations with others. Loved it. Thank you, Catherine. God bless you, Catherine. Yeah, I mean, Lexio Divina is, is everything. 
is everything. And when we can apply it not only to the word of God, but when we can apply it to movies and to music and then to conversations with people, it really helps us to um, penetrate what's on the surface and go deeper, go much deeper. So praise God. I'm so grateful to hear that your marriage is um, is on the up and up. That's, that's such a gift. I'm going to pray for you and your husband, Catherine, and for your marriage today. All right. And finally, the next follow-up comes from Anonymous. Anonymous says, Father Josh, I was touched by your response to the mother grieving her abortion. She is not alone. I also contemplated abortion as a mother of three during pregnancy with my fourth child. Like her, my marriage was struggling, and I found myself in depression. Y'all, depression is so real. I really encourage counseling. Uh, while my, I bore my daughter's life into this world, I still experience so much guilt and sorrow over contemplating abortion. But I know that this suffering is a gift because this experience has allowed me to unite myself in love with my sisters in Christ who have struggled similarly. God's love and mercy conquered all sin and death, and we are held in his arms. Amen. Always, he does not turn away from us, but he pursues us. She is not alone. Thank you so much for that beautiful message, Anonymous. So much truth, so much truth bombs you dropped in that message. God's love and mercy has conquered sin and death, and he always pursues us. He is always pursuing us. We never initiate. He always initiates first. So, yeah, praise God. I'm so glad that you were able to experience his pursuit in your life and and continue to let him pursue you, right? Continue to let him heal you. Healing is a lifetime, and there's always more. It's like onions. You got to just peel it back, and there's always more healing in store for you and for all of us in our walk with God. And so I'm going to pray for you as well, Anonymous, that the Lord will not only allow you to be a gift for other people, who are struggling with abortion, but that he will continue to just pour forth his mercy and his grace into your life. All right, well, let's get jumping into today's show. Our first question comes in from my homie in Jesus. That's the way this person signed his name. I'm assuming it's his name. I think it's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you said you're a guy. Yeah. So, He's my homie in Jesus, and it's about overcoming mortal sins. He says, what's up, Father Josh? I just wanted to start off by saying thank you for all that you've done and for having this podcast because it's a serious blessing. Oh, praise God. You know, um, yeah, that's good to hear. I just, yeah, I just, I don't always know what the Lord is doing whenever he invites me to these different uh, apostolates. And I, is gl- I'm glad to hear that uh, his Holy Spirit is doing something good. Uh, so not going to lie, I was a little apprehensive at first, like, who is this guy? But honestly, I love you, man. You've continued to push me deeper into my faith. Uh, well, look, hey, yo, homie, I love you too, bruh. And when I say I love you, I mean it straight up to mystically, like the way Thomas Aquinas defines love. I desire your greatest good. I desire you to be a saint. So, uh, yeah, I hope you desire me to be a saint too. Anyways, back to your words. You say this, my homie in Christ. You relate to me and help nourish my soul with amazing messages. And I love how you talk about uniting our sufferings to Christ. I never really heard about that until I started listening to your podcast. Anyways, thank you for being you and I'm praying for you. Thank you. And may God continue to bless you with your dope, righteous words. What? I like that. <laughs> so then you say this. My question is, I'm a 20-year-old male who struggles a lot with pornography, lust, and masturbation. I was very sexually active in high school, and I was introduced to pornography when I was 13 years old by a friend, and it's been an issue ever since. I pray daily. I go to the Sacrament of Reconciliation every other week. I go to Mass every Sunday, and I attend Adoration 
as often as I can. I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do to overcome this sin, but I wanted to ask you if there's anything I'm not doing or I should be doing to finally be free of this sin because I'm seriously worried that this is going to affect my hopeful future marriage, your homie in Christ. All right, great, great, great question. Yeah, so first of all, I want to commend you for all the, the ways in which you are seeking our Lord in Eucharistic Adoration and Sunday Mass in daily prayer, in the sacrament of penance, where the Lord reconciles you to himself, um, keep doing all the above, right? Prayer is necessary. Prayer is necessary. And sometimes we can't see the graces that God is giving us in prayer, uh, but we just have to believe that he's given them. Even if we don't know what he's doing, we have to keep showing up. And then over time, we'll find freedom, um, either in this life or in purgatory. But along with prayer, I also like to encourage people to fast, right? Fasting should be a part of your week. Twice a week, Wednesday and Friday, right? Um, fasting uh, from food, fasting from uh, comfort, from sleeping on the bed, sleep on the floor every now and then. Fast from your uh, snooze button on your phone or your alarm clock. Fast from your favorite dressing. Fast from a number of different things, music in the car, television, social media. Deny yourself pleasure in the time that you would have given to whatever that thing that gives you pleasure is. Give it to the Lord in extra rosary or give it to the Lord in uh, this the, the word of God, right? Give it to Jesus. Give that time to him. Also, almsgiving, give of yourself, right? Give of yourself, serve other people in a way that you don't get pleasure because lust is a pleasurable vice. Like you get pleasure from masturbation. You get pleasure from looking at pornography. You got pleasure when you used to have sex back in high school and stuff, right? And so that's a pleasurable vice. And so you want to try to fight against pleasure. And so find something good that you don't enjoy doing and give of yourself. Like So I've walked with some people who don't like poor people. And so I say, okay, since you get no pleasure from being around poor people, I would highly encourage you at least once a week to go to a soup kitchen or a homeless shelter and spend time with poor people and serve them. Because it's, it's a way that you can serve someone, which is good and necessary, um, but also a way that you're serving people that you're not being... Uh, you don't like what you're doing. Or some people don't like old people. So I say, go to a nursing home. Some people don't like kids. So I say, go volunteer at the nursery or at church or for, um, as, as a help, helper in the PSR program or something like that, right? Give of yourself in a way that you aren't personally going to receive any kind of sensual pleasure from. Along with that, it's really important to avoid the near occasion of sin. So uh, look at your triggers. What triggers you? What happens before you fall into the vice of pornography and masturbation? Is it loneliness? Is it stress? Is it feeling of rejection or abandonment or betrayal? What is it? And then find out what that is and then come up with something to do and, um, and habitually do in, in place of turning to that. Um, so uh, if I always like to tell people that sometimes your near occasion of sin is your, your iPhone or your smartphone or your computer. And so if your hand calls you to sin, cut it off. So I don't want you to cut your hand off, uh, but I, I would encourage you to get rid of your phone uh, and get a flip phone and get rid of your computer, get a block put on there. Um, also get apps like Covenant Eyes, get other apps like the Freedom app. Like there's so many apps that you could put on your phone and other ways that you can potentially block those websites. Sometimes if there's a will, there's a way to get around them, but they are helpful. And community, community is everything. And so find yourself accountability partners to walk with you and to, to talk to you throughout the week about how you're doing. Um, and to share your heart with. I also encourage you to continue to go to Sacrament of Reconciliation, um, maybe even every week if you, if you have to. Whatever it is that will help you in your walk with Jesus. The rosary is a great gift because when you pray the rosary, uh, you are literally meditating on the life of Christ in your imagination. So if your imagination becomes a sacred place, the, the devil can't play with your imagination if, um, if you pray with it. So 
Pray with your imagination. Make it a, make it a cathedral. Um, but along with all those things that you're doing, right, and that you're opening yourself up to receiving God's grace, be patient with yourself too, right? We don't want to set a timetable and say, well, I'm going to find freedom from my vice of lust and masturbation and pornography uh, within three years if I do all these practices. Like, that's just not how it works. Um, it's just not. It's just not. I'm sorry, right? We don't know when we're going to find freedom. Uh, freedom is real, but it might not happen until you're in purgatory. And there's, a, there's this canonized saint who was an addict, and some people were were addicted to some things, and then they found Jesus, and then they weren't addicted anymore. Whereas other people in salvation history were addicts or addicts, um, and they remained addicts to the day of their death. One such case is Saint Mark Yi Tai Ching. Saint Mark Yi Tai Ching is a is a uh, Chinese martyr who um, he was a husband and a father and a doctor, and he prescribed self prescribed opium at one point in his life, and then became addicted to opium and lost everything and everyone. But he continued to pray every day and he continued to cry out to Jesus every day. And he tried and he really struggled and he kept falling all the time back into his drug addiction. Uh, and he struggled for 30 years with his addiction and he died an addict. But he also died a martyr's death. And so he's a saint today. He's a saint who, who never overcame his addiction until uh, until his martyrdom, you know. And so, um, yeah, don't put a timetable. God will give you the grace that is, is necessary in your walk toward eternity to be a saint and that's what's most important. But we don't know when that grace is going to be shared with you. But we just have to keep opening ourselves up to his grace. Uh, so just keep praying, keep fasting, keep sharing of yourself, keep investing in community, and keep avoiding the occasion of sin, and keep your hands open. And if it's best for you to find that freedom now, you will. And if it's best for you to be a saint for you to find that freedom later or at the moment of your death, that's when you're going to find it. I don't know when it's best for you to find freedom, but I do know that it's best for you to persevere in being faithful to the practices that you mentioned above and that I'm sharing with you now. Uh, as far as marriage goes, I recognize that there is a fear of like worrying about bringing this into your future marriage, and that's a legit fear. But dude, do not be afraid. Don't focus on the state of life, vocation, and marriage. Right? Focus on Jesus. Focus on being a saint with Jesus. And and if you're called to be a saint through the means of the state of life of marriage, then then it's going to work out, right? Whichever way it's going to work out, uh, whether you, you go into the marriage with this struggle or not. But that's not the point. The point is to focus on Jesus and not on the means. He is the end. So focus on the end, not on the means to the end, if that makes sense. Um, and if that's a means that God wants to give you to help you to find freedom and help you to become a saint, that's the means that he's going to share with you. But if it's not then uh, you don't need that means, right? You, what you need to be is a saint. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah. I think that's what I'm gonna say for that for right now. So that's my advice to you. And I want you to know you're not alone. There's so many other awesome holy people I've walked with and accompanied who also struggle with pornography and lust and masturbation. And they're holy. They're so holy. And they struggle and they strive. And that's what's most important is to struggle. Keep the struggle. Uh, again, I, I may have mentioned this on a previous podcast, but Sister Thea Bowman, on her tombstone, it says, I tried. I tried. So just keep trying, man. Just keep trying. And then, one. okay, you know what? No, one last thing. There's always more with me. Y'all know that at this point. One last thing. Another cool thing that you might want to do is straight up fast for 30 days straight. 30 days straight fast from uh, social media, from internet, from TV, from music. Like, no, no, not at all. I'm not, I'm not saying that TV and music is bad. I'm just saying it's fast from it. Um, and replace it with like chant of monks. And then um, while you're doing that, pray this prayer. God, help me to see me the way you see me. And God, help me to see others as you see them. Every day, pray that prayer for 30 days straight. 
don't miss a day. That would be my last piece of advice. And so let me know if that was helpful. Let me know, how about you try this practice? Try any of those practices, pray about it, discern which one you want to do. And then in about a month, hit me up with a follow-up and let me know how it's going. And so we can continue to walk with each other toward eternity. All right. On to our next question. Our next question comes in from Alex. Alex, one of my good buddies, his name is Alex. He is a good man, good man. He, uh, yeah, he's fed me a lot in our friendship and he's given me some great wisdom, some holy nuggets to chew on. So Alex writes this about speaking of sin. How do I examine my conscience? Well, Alex says this. First of all, I love your podcast. I love how you're not afraid to speak truth. Well, I try to speak truth. And so, yeah, praise God. Uh, but every now and then, I, uh, the advice I give isn't always best, but I do try. Uh, so Alex says, I was hoping that you could talk about where to find a good examination of conscience. Dude, I know, right? Uh, I go to confession pretty regularly, but I feel like the examinations that I've used aren't exhaustive enough and that I'm missing something. Yeah, that's a great question. So, in study for this question, <laughs> Alex, I was looking up a bunch of different examinations and I found some that were really good and thorough, but then they were kind of, uh, I don't know, they were, I, I just didn't know about them. So I'm not going to share the ones. And I, I did like some of them, like they were really good, but then they had some parts in there. I was like, I don't know about that. That might, that might not be too good. So I'll tell you what I do. Um, and, and then I'll give you a, give a shout out to one examination that I actually do like a lot that you can find on Google. So what I do is this. I examine my conscience typically based off the seven deadly sins. And so I'll go through the seven deadly sins and see how they were applicable in life, right? Like, was, was I wrathful? Did I, you know, did I go off on anybody and my thoughts and my words and my actions? Um, was I slothful with prayer? Was I slothful in my ministry? Was I slothful in my relationship and my duty as a son toward my parents? Uh, then I, I go through like lust and objectify anybody in my mind or whatever. Then I go through pride and, and, and vanity too. Right. Um, and am I more concerned with the opinions of others than I am with the truth of who God right says I am as his beloved son and, and envy and the list goes on gluttony over drinking, over eating, et cetera, et cetera. So go through the seven deadly sins and a place that you can find the seven deadly sins that has a really thorough examine is on Google. Uh, it's Christ the King Examination of Conscience. Uh, and so that's like C-T-K-C-C, Examination of Conscience on Google. Super, super good. So like, here's an example. So when they look at pride, they say, have I refused to admit my own weaknesses? Whoa. Okay, stop. Have you ever confessed that? Have I refused to admit my own weaknesses? Like, that's checking me. Like, how many times have I said yes to too many things because I didn't realize and I didn't acknowledge my limitations, that I just can't do that. But I said yes to it. Um, have I sought things beyond me? Have I dwelt on the failings of other people? Have I judged others, ranked myself better? In thought, word, or deed, have I hated others? Have I refused to learn from others? Okay, this one right here is a big one, people. A big one. Have I refused to learn from others? This one is a big one. So all my friends out there who love Fox News and refuse to learn from CNN, huh? All my friends out there who love CNN and refuse, refuse to learn from Fox. All my friends out there who, who love EWTN and refuse to watch Boston Catholic TV. And all my friends who watch the Catholic TV in Boston but refuse to watch EWTN, right? You can learn something from somebody else, right? So, so get out your box. Get out your box, for real. For real, though, and I mean that, right? We are so 
prideful as human beings. We think we know more than other people. We think just because someone else does it their way, they're wrong, right? Like, for instance, some people, um, everybody calls breakfast breakfast, right? And then, but for then lunch, some people call lunch uh, dinner. And they call, uh, but then other people call supper dinner. And so, right, we might get caught up and be like, yo, like, you're wrong. Like, dinner is at lunchtime. And other people are like, nope, dinner's at supper time. Anyways, look, long story short, why don't you just stop and listen and learn from somebody else who might do it a different way every now and then, right? They have a different experience. They have a different circumstance. They have a different background. Just stop talking, listen, and learn. Yo, so anyways, but that's pride. That's pride right there. That's the enemy, right? And so, yeah, ooh, man, I've seen some pride in my life. Have I been stubborn? Have I refused to admit I was wrong, right? How many times have we had an argument and we always admit the other person's faults, but we don't talk about where we went wrong, right? Yo, anytime I've had an argument with anybody, they probably had something to do with it, and but it was because of me, because I didn't have custody in my tongue, right? Because I, I couldn't control myself. Like, there's a way to disagree with people without, like, straight up arguing with them. Um, yeah. Have I refused to accept that another person had a better idea? So we've done things this way our whole life. You, you see this in parishes a lot. We've always done it this way. All right. We've always done it this way. This is how we were trained. Well, get over it and do something new. Right. If it, it, you got to bear supernatural fruit and then the way I do things might work now. And then in two years, someone else may come along and do something way better. So I got to be willing to let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Yeah. So, oh, man. So this is a great examination from Christ the King. Christ the King examination of conscience. Super good. Also, if you get my book broken and blessed, selfish shot out to my book right now. But I do an examination through scripture as well. So like look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 7. Love is patient. All right, stop right there. Have I been patient with God and him purifying me of my imperfections or my vices? Have I been patient with myself and my own lack of growth in holiness and in virtue? Have I been patient with other people and their growth in holiness? Have I been patient, right? And then love is kind. Have I been kind to myself? Have I been kind to God or have I given God the silent treatment whenever he doesn't do things my way? Uh, have I acknowledged him? Have I genuflected when I walked into church, right? Have I uh, made the sign of the cross before meals in public places? Have I been kind to other people or have I judged them, right? So like go through First Corinthians 13, 4 through 7 and let the scriptures illuminate us. And then also a lot of sins of omission also can be recognized through the scriptural examination of Matthew 25. All right, Jesus said, you fed me when I was hungry. So like Maybe I didn't gossip this week or commit adultery or get drunk or overeat or neglect my prayers or whatever. But maybe I also, um, I didn't serve the poor intentionally. Maybe I have a sin of omission of, you know what? I did not go out of my way to help other people in my community who are suffering right now. In my own family who are suffering right now, who are lonely and who are strangers and new to this community and need somebody to welcome them. Um, yeah, so... There's a lot of sense of omission, too, that we need to be aware of and that the scriptures can illuminate us, too. So I spend a lot more time with the Bible, and every time I spend time with the Bible, the Bible becomes a mirror where we see all the crust in our eyes. Have you ever, have you ever woke up in the morning and you had all that stuff in your eye? What's that called? I don't know, but it's, just, it's like, ugh, right? And then, like, in the morning, have you noticed how your breath stinks, right? That's what, like, reading the Bible is like. The, the Bible is like waking up in the morning. Like, your hair is all out of place. Your breath stinks. You got that crust in your eyes. You just, ugh, right? Ugh, yeah. And the Bible makes us realize all those, all that crust and all those places in our hair where we need to like brush it down and and all those 
stinky stuff in our breath. <laughs> what is wrong with me? What, what, what is wrong with me? I don't know. But this is what happens when you give me a podcast. I just talked to myself out loud for a long time. So, Alex, I hope this is helpful for you in some way, shape, or form. The Bible is good. Broken and Blessed has a chapter that can maybe help you as well. And then also Christ the King has an examination of conscience. The seven deadly sins, the Ten Commandments are a healthy way to go when it comes to discerning where we can grow. And we can all grow. We all got room for growth in our walk toward eternity. And so that's what I'll share with that. Let me know. Do you have any additional advice for Alex with regard to preparing his heart for the sacrament of penance? Uh, hit me up and ask Father Josh and let me know. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into our final question about Adam and Eve and the Big, Big Bang. Wouldn't it be nice to have a Bible that actually explains how to navigate it? and make sense of it, a Bible that includes a detailed plan for how to read it with a page layout that's designed for study and personal devotion. Now, for the first time ever, there is a Catholic Bible that does just that. A Bible that incorporates the same color-coded learning system that has proven so effective in the Great Adventure studies. I have had the privilege of working with some of the most talented biblical scholars of our day, Mary Healy, Andrew Swafford, and Peter Williamson, to create the Great Adventure Catholic Bible. This Bible makes the complex simple as it guides you through the narrative woven throughout salvation history. The translation is the Revised Standard Version, 2nd Catholic Edition, an elegant, accurate, and modern Catholic translation. The Great Adventure Catholic Bible is perfect for your personal devotion and Bible study or as a gift for friends and family. If you want to understand sacred scripture and be transformed by the Word of God, then this is the Bible for you. Pick up your copy at ascensionpress.com. And we're back. Just a quick reminder, you can send me your questions at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com. If you're feeling fancy, record a voice note and send it to me as well. We will play it on the show potentially one day in the future. And also, please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and other podcast outlets to help other people find out about the show. All right, our final question comes in from Tyler. Uh, Tyler says this. I had another buddy named Tyler. And actually, Tyler and Alex were best friends. This might be Tyler. Actually, you know, I, I called him Black Tyler because I thought he was black um, for the longest. But he's actually, like, fully white, like no black in him at all. But like, dude looks like he is black, like biracial mix, some kind of black, but like, nope, his mom and daddy, like blonde hair, blue eyes. And, um, and for the longest of time, I thought he was black. And so one day I was talking, I was like, yeah, it's about Tyler. And they said, well, who are you talking about? I said, you know, black Tyler. And they said, black, the Tyler's not black. And I said, yeah, he's, he, dude, yeah, dude, hang out Alex. And he said, dude, he's white. Anyways. So it's beautiful how God can create all of us and make us look so unique. And so beautiful in our walk toward eternity. So with that, do Catholics believe that Adam and Eve were literal people? And how does that fit with evolution and the big, big bang? If Catholics don't believe that it's a literal thing, how does original sin make sense? Yeah, exactly. Great question. So the Catholic Church teaches that it's certainly okay to believe 
that the universe could have begun with the Big Bang, which in fact was articulated. It's a theory that was brought about by a Catholic priest. A lot of people don't know that. They're like, oh, the Big Bang is so stupid. It's so secular, worldly. No, they're, you know, the Catholic Church, faith and reason go together hand in hand. John Paul, Pope John Paul wrote a great encyclical on faith and reason. We have always had a, not always, for the most part, most of us have always had a good relationship with science, but there have been a few along the way who've been kind of cray-cray. But yeah, Father George LaMantra came up with the Big Bang Theory. Father George LaMantra, right? Catholic priest. And so we believe that life could have potentially been developed through an evolutionary process that God was a part of. Um, and so what we make clear is that God created the universe. Like, bottom line, God created man and woman. Bottom line, how he chose to do that, how he chose to create the universe and man and woman, that's up for debate. Um, but that does not in any way, shape, or form um, allow us to believe that we do not come from one man and one woman. Scripture makes it very clear that sin entered the world, right? Sin entered the world through one man. And, and, and salvation came through one man, Jesus. I makes it very clear that through Eve's disobedience, through her conversation with a fallen angel, right? We have all this mess. And through Mary's conversation with a good angel, Gabriel, we have all this goodness in Jesus and in the salvation he offers us, right? So um, it's, it's foolish to believe that uh, we did not come from one man and one woman, right? That's just foolish, Original sin, right, only makes sense if we came from one man, one woman. So, yeah, Adam and Eve most certainly did exist, right? There's a, a lot of stuff around the story that, right, it's up for debate. Like, was it seven literal days or was it a day for the Lord like a thousand years? Like other scriptures say, right, all those things are for debate. Um, but we definitely came from one man, one woman. There's a great uh, letter from the Pope called Humanity Generis that talks about this. Uh, and so I would highly encourage you to do some further research with that. It's really awesome. But he basically makes it clear that we can't believe these theories that say, oh, well, maybe it was a group of people. It was a group of people. No, it was one man, one woman, right? That's that's the bottom line. Now, if you can permit me, let me go on a little bit of a tangent really quick um, because this is really important to me. I've had people come to me in the past and and say things like, man, you know, speaking of Adam and Eve, and other Old Testament characters, things like, you know what? Uh, I don't believe the story of Jonah. Like, that's just, that's too crazy. You don't really believe, like, the story of Jonah, right? That that doesn't make any sense. You don't really believe the stuff about Noah and the ark, right? That doesn't make sense. That's just made up stuff, right? Uh, well, no. I Actually, I do really believe all that stuff. I and mean, here's why. Because Jesus Christ himself talks about it in the New Testament. <laughs> Jesus Christ speaks about it in the New Testament straight up. Jesus Christ, he says this in the Gospel of Luke chapter 11, verse 49 to 51. Therefore, the wisdom of God said, I will send to them prophets and apostles. Some of them they will kill and persecute in order that this generation might be charged with the blood of all the prophets shed since the foundation of the world from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who died between the altar and the temple building. Yes, I tell you, this generation will be charged with blood. Okay, this Jesus Christ talking right now, Jesus Christ gives a shout out to who? Abel. Who is Abel's brother? Cain. Who is, are Cain and Abel's parents? Adam and Eve. So, right, clearly, clearly, um, Jesus Christ acknowledges the reality, right, of also Noah. Jesus Christ says this, as it was in the days of Noah, 
That's Jesus Christ. Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, verse 27. He says, As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating and drinking, marrying and giving a marriage up to the day that Noah entered the ark. Whoa, Jesus Christ is talking about Noah's ark that some people tried to deny. And the flood came and destroyed them all. Yo, Jesus Christ just said that the flood actually happened? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. This is Jesus. Look, I'm not, look, I mean, I went to seminary for eight years. I guess you can call me a theologian if you want. But the bottom line is, is this is Jesus talking, right? This is Jesus. But also, also in Romans, we hear also about like the reality of the reality of our of our parents and the faith. We read this in Romans chapter five, verse twelve. He says, By one man, Adam, sin and death came upon all. Right. So Adam and Eve are revealed both in the Old Testament and the New Testament to be our, our parents, from which whom we all came. The Council of Trent taught that original sin came from Adam and Eve to all of us. The church teaches that all of us, we are sons and daughters of who? Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. Right. This is a point of faith that is revealed to us very clearly in the Bible. Right? It's in the Bible. It's it's simple. It's right there for us. Um, yeah. So bottom line is, uh, yeah, it's all there. Now, evolutionary process. Um, could there have been an evolutionary process that brought about human beings to the point where God finally breathed the soul into our first parents, Adam and Eve? Yeah, it's certainly a possibility. The Catholic Church is totally open to that possibility. Pope Pius Twelfth. He taught that in 1950, he said Catholics are free to explore the idea that there may have been an evolutionary process. Right? That might be the case. Uh, we don't know for sure, but we're certainly open to it. Like some people say, oh, no, evolution is ridiculous. No, no, we're saying it's a, it's a potential way that God could have brought all this stuff about. But we have to be clear that even if there was an evolutionary process, we still came from our first parents who were the first two human beings to ever exist. To ever exist. Read Humanity Generous. It's so, so good. We have to read it. Gotta read it, you know? Um, so yeah, I I love this topic. I love this topic. But um I do get kinda I you know, I think one reason why sometimes this is like a, a tangent day for me. So please just hang with me real quick. But I think sometimes people they they look at the old testament and they're like, Well, how can some of this stuff have happened? Like, that just doesn't make any sense. But then they don't look at our faith today and think the same thing. Like our faith today is, is just as out there as it was in the Old Testament. We believe today that a piece of bread and wine become the body and blood of Jesus Christ. That's crazy. We believe in apparitions that happen in Guadalupe and in Cabejo, uh, in Lourdes and in Fatima. Right? That's, that's out there. We, we believe that. <laughs> We believe some some pretty out there stuff. In the New Testament, some pretty pretty crazy things happen. Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. I don't see virgins giving birth to babies all the time. Like that was crazy, right? That's crazy. Dead people were raised. Jesus Christ himself was dead, came back to life, right? Resurrected. That's not normal. It's not normal. So just because things in the Old Testament seem kind of out there, like the New Testament is just as out there. And our faith today is also still just as out there. Right. Anyways, 
I think we like to reduce our faith to just like being good people. And when we re- reduce our faith to just being nice people, then everything else is like, ah, I don't know. But nope, nope. Our faith is built on miracles. It's built on the supernatural. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my tangent. I really, yeah, I'm sorry if, if um, this is probably going to be one of my longest podcasts. But, yeah, check it out. That's where we're at today. So I hope that that gave you some clarity that you know, our faith doesn't have to uh, to go against me, pit against science right evolution is is potential right it, it's we can potentially believe that that's how it came about but we don't have to you're not you don't have to as a catholic believe in evolution but you also don't have to um to disregard it either right so we're open as long as we admit that we came from one man one woman it's all gravy so that's the show for today for um universal points what are some universal points that we can pull from today's show the first one we'll start with the last uh, about evolution big bang and adam and eve is look to Jesus, look to the New Testament, and then examine the Old Testament through the lens of the New Testament. That, that would be very helpful for you in your walk with with your maybe some of your questions about some of those Old Testament stories. Like look to the New Testament and see how it all goes back. It all goes back, right? Jesus Christ is not a liar. He would not lie to us. He would not talk about things that if they weren't, what's up? So and look, and that's, that's where I'm coming from. So if you want to disagree with me, hit me up and let me know. But also, that's where I stand for right now. Um, what else? Uh, universal point about struggling with ongoing, ongoing vices. Uh, just keep immersing yourself in God's mercy. Keep struggling. Don't give up the struggle. Don't give up. Keep leaning in. Keep struggling. And, uh, universal point about what was my other question? I got to go through my notes here. A universal point about, oh yeah, examination of conscience. Ooh. Find a good one. Find a good one because there's always more. There's always more. Sometimes we're like, if, we, if we're on the surface, we're thinking like, well, you know, I didn't kill anybody, so I'm, I'm good, right? But there's, man, did you kill somebody with your gossip, with your thoughts? So Christ the King has a great examination of conscience available via Google. Christ the King examination of conscience. Also, Broken and Blessed has a little examination in there as well. And uh, and just let me know how that goes. Let me know if your confessions are getting a little bit better and better. And uh, especially those things in our thoughts, Right. When we can really go down to our thoughts and confess those things, that's where it gets really good with our relationship with God. So let's uh, let's end with prayer. The best way to end was in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Lord, you make all things new. You make all things new. We're entering into this new season right now of our lives, many of us, and uh, we're just going to entrust this season our relationships, our walk toward eternity to you. And we're going to trust that you're going to make make it all new. Make it all new for us, Lord. Make it new. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all, God bless. I cannot wait to walk with you next week. Tune in and let's uh, stay connected by praying for and with each other. And don't forget to rate us and review us on iTunes so more people can find out about the gifts of this show. God bless.